You've now entered the lap of luxury. Prepare your soul for a lavish journey into enlightenment. Now it's been a while. Uh, all right, we're back, and uh, it's been a while. Yeah, hopefully we haven't missed a beat here. Um, so I don't know. Have you ever heard of the eighty twenty rule? In reference to, so. Um, I think it can be applied to a lot of things, but the I think the general one is that 20% of the work yields 80% of the results. I have heard of that. It sounds like a very leadership, uh, like, <laughs> uh, like, uh, like one of those things you go to like a leadership conference about. It sounds like some Simon Sinek would say. That guy. That guy. Dude, I can't get enough of him, man. I can. <laughs> you go to him. Simon Sinek and fucking uh, Elon Musk, the, 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 oh, holy, yeah. the holy trinity. You just need one more. For, yeah, uh, I know. Four. I, I always wonder, like, does Simon Sinek, like, has anybody put his stuff into practice and would that yield good results? Like, if I was, like, a CEO or something and I just did what he said, like, or, like, led the way he says to, would that, like, end up with good um, like, would it eventually come to good profits, or like, you know, would that lead the company in the right direction, or is are these just like good things to do? You know what I mean? <clears throat> like, uh, so I I have a, I have thoughts on this, and for once in my life, I completely agree with Beaver. Uh, I th- I think Simon Sinek says things that good leaders already know. Like everything I've heard, like not to say I'm a good leader, but like. He just says it. Maybe and maybe there's something to that too, you know. Uh, he he's like says he verbalizes what people already know. In my opinion, I'm just like, yeah, like I think I thought it's like is this not common knowledge <laughs> with some stuff? But then at the same time, I'm like, well, it's just kind of like we talk about who's the people who are really great. They make it sound or make it look like anybody could do it, you know. Uh, they make it look effortless, effortless, effortless. Yeah, effortless. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think I agree. And I think a lot of it is because we probably have had so much leadership education, you know, like, I mean, but then again, when we went to maybe not SOS, but I don't know, or like if you saw something about leadership now, um, I guess that's what you're talking about. Like you saw like Simon Sinek talk, you would be like, yeah, doesn't everybody know this? But I think maybe a lot of people in the air or like, you know, military or people who've had leadership education might know. But think about the average person. I don't know. Yeah. What, do you th- what do you think about that? That's a good point. I mean, like, I think the average person probably could benefit from that, you know. And those are those are practices for that. The layman, if you will, who's not in a, who's never been or wants to be in a leadership position, but never has had the opportunity. So I can understand that. Um, that being said, you know, I, I, this, this is kind of very nihilistic or nihilistic, how you say it, but it, maybe the if people are looking up how to lead better. They're probably not the people who need to be leaders. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. I don't know. That's the, the, the only reason I say that. And that sounds very, like I said, it sounds very dark, but leader, like, and some people just need the education, but a lot of times I feel like leaders, they just, they just know what to do inherently or maybe not necessarily know the answer all the time, but they just, sometimes they just get it. But then again, on the flip side, I'm, I was, I was told um, one of the last weekends that since I'm a Libra, uh, I, 
<laughs> I, 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 so this is a whole. I'll, I'll make the we can we can re-attack this one. But I was told since I'm a Libra, I I my horoscope read like the official one, not just like you read the shit because I don't believe it. But it was actually pretty accurate compared to some things. But they said basically I don't I have a tough time making decisions. Uh, so like I see things both ways. Like it's kind of like the scale of justice almost. Like I can see I can see both sides of the spectrum. So on the other hand, I say like. There's somebody who's maybe a born leader. They just have had that leadership, those leadership um, uh, lessons maybe supplanted or um, quelled in them, and they maybe maybe just needed to see something, see something. Or maybe there's somebody who could be a good leader. They're just missing the one thing. And young Simon Sinek over there uh, has that <laughs> has has the golden key for that person to become the greatest leader that we are seeing. I don't know. I'm highly doubtful, but. Um, yeah, I, I I I think maybe I'm just skeptical of kind of self help stuff. Um, I think it has its place, but it is, it would be an interesting experiment, like you said. Just if you just see, let somebody just run rampant, like, hey, whatever <laughs> whatever he says, do it. And then this also, so this makes me think, right? If this guy and not throwing shade on Simon Sam, kind of am, but like if this guy has all these great leadership principles, why the fuck isn't he running the world? You know, like why he, he, he shouldn't be doing these uh, uh, or maybe he's he's running the world exactly the way he wants. He's making his little buck or two here by doing these, you know, these promotional, um, you know, not ads, but, you know, the motivational speaking and all that. And that's how he's kind of putting his aura out there in the world. I don't know. But I feel like. If he's got all, if he knows how to do this, maybe well, why isn't he talking doing it? Yeah, and I guess that's part of it is like <clears throat> you have to have a company first, right? Like you have to have like a a business and then you could put these practices into work, you know? But I think he did – in one of his speeches, he's talked about like somebody – because you know about how to start with why, like, you know, find your purpose and follow that instead of putting the other stuff first, you know? He was talking about that where like – I, somebody like approached him. I think they wanted to start a company or like <clears throat> him to be with the company. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what they offered him or, uh, you know, like what they wanted him to do, but he was just, he just, you know, he kept it generic and he just said like, it wasn't part of my why. So I said no, because then my like heart wouldn't be in it or I wouldn't like be doing the thing I want to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just like imagine like somebody was like, dude, let's take over the world <laughs> or like, you know, like let's start like the, uh, uh, what's the fuck interior mean in the a foot clan or something? Like yeah, that, you know? start the foot clan. <laughs> you know, like uh, he's like, no, nah, I can't. Like, fucking like from uh, <laughs> from Power Rangers, the putty. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So I guess I guess that might that might be some of it. But yeah, and then again, like kind of like you said, like. He's also his company is kind of like it's like a self-looking ice cream cone, I guess, if that would be true in this case. Like it's there because it's there kind of thing, you know, like he he's like, you know, just it's almost like he's doing this as a good deed. But he's also that's also like his business and he's like an author. So he's doing well with that, too, I'm sure, you know. So <clears throat> I think he's got that going for him. But I was thinking about it and I so I pulled up his uh, wiki. I haven't looked at it too much yet, but it's like what. No offense to him. I mean, he's very really smart and stuff, but what made him – like, how does a random guy get to the level where he is? It's like 
if you just went to like, um, like I know I don't know how TED talks work, um, but it's like if you tried to do a TED talk or something, they'd be like, you know, it's just like, hey, I'm just a random guy. I think I have some good ideas about leadership. They'd be like, they'd probably be like, uh, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like how do you like work your way up in that situation? You know, I don't know. Um, if I had to guess for him, I, if I had to guess, I think he might have like you know studied organizational leadership or something. And then he probably wrote a couple books on like Arab because, you know, if he gets his Ph.D., I don't know what he has. Maybe maybe he has no Ph.D. Maybe he's just got a master's or something. He wrote a couple of theses or whatever. And then people are like, oh, shit, that's some pretty good. That's a pretty good idea. He goes to talk to one group. He has one fucking really good talk or he makes it to TED talk and boom, he's an expert, you know. Yeah, geez, I just uh, I just like um breezed over his biography and so he studied law at um london city university did you know he was british uh no i didn't i would i kind of you can kind of hear a little bit of an accent in his yeah he like i think he he fakes it because one time i was listening to one of his videos and he had a british accent just like you know and then when he speaks in america i think he he just puts on an american accent i'm like fuck yeah he like <laughs> tricked us you know but um get law school to go into advertising and then he got a ba in cultural anthropology from brandis university whatever the hell that is but I got a buddy went there. oh really yeah, <clears throat> nice um but yeah then it says just paraphrasing like he wrote a book which i don't know how you do that like but writing books well getting a book published and you know in a major label or whatever and um getting like a uh, you know like a tv script uh picked up seems like the toughest thing yeah i don't know i don't know how people do that i guess you just got to keep asking people until it gets traction you know well i mean but, i think with, uh, like to get like a bestseller yeah but i think you can like people make professors make books all the time and they're not always good you know like <laughs> yeah uh, that's true yeah I mean, and they, no, one, no one has to read it. <laughs> and then they peddle their own book, you know, like. Yeah, they make you buy this shit when you're in their class. Like, yeah, we're going to read on um, this uh, this really book, this book right here, mandatory reading for everybody. And <laughs> by the professor, like, motherfucker. That's like when, like, I don't know if we were talking about it on a podcast about uh, artwork, like how they just sell art and they're like, ah, $5,000, you know. <laughs> how do they judge mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like sometimes it's good, but it's still like, yeah, where's like the spectrum, you know? Um, shit, what were we just talking about? Not books. Well, we're talking about books and how he kind of made a book and how do you make books versus like selling movies and. Oh yeah, the um, the college book, the um, textbooks. Yeah. Like, how? What are they charging? Like, they're charging like two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars to like fucking college kids, like. Who's coming? Like, where did they get these ideas? You know, like, it's just like, <laughs> what? And, like, in the kind of, like, to your point, like, who outside of, like, being required to pick it up is picking that up? Like, you don't see those at Barnes and Nobles. Like, no. you know, whatever, like, fucking mathematic, you know, like, Calculus 3 or something like that. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> and they always have this, like, random stock image of, like, a fucking clock with a gear or something like that. You know, like, <laughs> But uh, um, publisher paid to put on there. Yeah, exactly. And then the thing that really though is the latest thing in his career. It says he's a 
Um, well, he's an instructor of strategic communications at Columbia, which is uh, crazy. But he's also an adjunct staff member of RAND. Hmm. Like the RAND Corporation, or yeah, the one that does. I don't. I guess they do. Uh, they just like. Um, I guess I can click on them, but they kind of just. They're like a third party kind of. Um, what's it called? Where they like go into your company and basically tell you what's wrong, essentially. Ah, uh, so like um, kind of in the for the military types, the like a SAV <laughs> team or something. Yeah, because they've done. So I don't know how it works because I kind of want to try to get them to do something for the military. You probably have to call up a lot of money because they go extensive. But like, the, there's plenty of Rand papers on stuff about the military, and I think the Air Force would like, like for one example, I think they had the Rand Air Force might have had the Rand Corporation um, like quantify how much it costs to make a pilot or like um, if it's better to retain people or uh, yeah, what is it? Like, give them a bonus and retain them or get a new pilot, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe the RAND did it by themselves just to, like, you know, kind of, uh, you know, do their own private research kind of thing. But Do you remember what they said, uh, what the result I was? I think – I could pull it up, but I think it was it was much better to retain people, I believe. Because I think a new pilot costs, like – like a, I think it was a B-2 pilot costs, like, $10 million or something like that. Jeez um when I, when it's all said and done you know uh yeah so it's like you know i don't know what they're giving them maybe like an eighty thousand dollar bonus a year or something like that so it's like that's like you know small compared to 10 million dollars so yeah um but yeah i mean that's kind of <clears throat> obviously like simon Sinek is not like an average person or like you know he's like um like he's accomplished a lot and like famous but it it must be cool to be in those companies because it's like, even though it's really tough and it's like, that's the whole job is to quantify things or like, you know, make sense of things that nobody knows how to like explain. Um, it, it must be kind of cool to just like sit around and like work through that with people, you know, and that's your job. Right. But I do have to throw a little bit of shade at him, like kind of like what you were saying. A lot of the stuff I think he like takes from other stuff like I think a lot of authors do this or you know people like I mean like we always talk about everything's like been already created or like in some form or fashion you know like how we talk about lessons learned or really just like um not old wives tales but like um like those common sayings you yeah. know like uh what is it like moderation is key or whatever or something like that and then you like you learn or you do something and then you're like yeah I guess I got to keep moderation it's like oh wait moderation is key you know <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> Or like always, always listen to your mom, or never lie, or something, you know, something like that. Um, if you just follow those, you'd probably be like, okay, but um, like, there's a lot of stuff out there, and sometimes I think people just either digest it or regurgitate it in a different way, and that's like their book. Like yeah. he has one. I know we talked about the uh, Infinite Games. Mm-hmm. I did um, from him about that. What's that? I did see something online because I had like we were doing um, professional development. Somebody's put something out there about that from him. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, so I think he got that. Like, I don't. I mean, he's. I don't think he's selling it this way, but like, it seems just like inherently like he kind of came up with it. But somebody else wrote a book about it, and I think he's just like re-saying it. But I mean, I haven't read the book, so I guess I can't talk shit. But <laughs> I think 
I think he's like certainly applying it to something else, but it it's just like that idea of like he's I don't know it's it's just an interesting thing. It's like you think when people write books or something they're like coming out with like brand new idea, but it's really just like parts and pieces from another you know other stuff. And I mean sure. that you got to give him credit because if somebody you know spends I don't know hundreds of hours going through history books or whatever and the library to compile this little book that teaches you everything or something or like something <laughs> then it that's obviously like you know they've they've done the work as opposed to like they just like yeah, copy and paste something yeah. and change it, you know yeah but uh yeah that was quite the uh quite the tangent there i guess <laughs> where did we start i don't know yeah we started talking about simon sinek and i was just like ah this guy but, oh uh, yeah 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 that's right um you were saying it was kind of oh yeah that that most people know it yeah and I mean I, I wonder if like CEOs I don't I mean because it's always funny how the bad things stand out to you you know but like I hear about um, GE's old CEO I think it was Jack Welch or somebody he like you know he took GE who was like this powerhouse like they were basically like Apple back in the day like they could they couldn't do any wrong they were doing like a great job they were just like killing it and, and in the industries they were in <clears throat> and then he like took it in like he just went crazy with it like he would he would take like private jets and have like lobster and champagne you know <laughs> just like a bunch of waste and then he like he would be like trying to get into the real estate business with ge or something and just like wasting like millions of dollars because they took losses or whatever um so there are people that i think just like have no idea what they're doing which makes you think like, <laughs> how, they, how they even get there but also people that start their own companies and therefore they're the ceo or something yeah and then it's like they they might not have any fucking training but they might have like made this little widget that does something crazy you know or or like fucking uh the crazy uh uh mark zuckerberg (laughs) who i heard he like back in the day he used to have like he made all of his male employees wear a t-shirt with his shirt with his face on it or something like that (laughs) it was yeah (sighs) But uh, yeah, there's so there's certainly shitty people out there. Well, I mean, not obviously, but um, and I'm sure CEOs or something or leaders are no different from that. But I don't know. Yeah, it is a good point though of how how much how much you think those things actually translate. Like it sounds good and inspiring when you hear like him talk or something, but uh, I wonder how much it translates to like the bottom line. You know? Yeah. I- I'd be curious to see if he ever did have the Rand Corporation do an audit on his ass. See how those fucking guys. Yeah, that's pretty he? And he's like in the Rand Corporation, but he can't be part of the study against himself. <laughs> like that. And yeah. he, he just sees them like laughing in the corner or something. And he's like, what guys, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. This is for... Uh... Our eyes only, not yours. <laughs> yeah, you'll see later. Yeah, you'll 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 get the report. Don't worry. Okay, so I actually clicked on them, the Rand Corporation. So it's a American nonprofit think tank uh, created by the Douglas Aircraft Company, and to now analyze the United States Armed Forces, and hmm. it's, it's financed by the U.S. government. Hmm. So I guess that makes sense. That's why the Rand is all. That's why Rand is on like all these fucking things I've seen. Yeah. Oh, look at these fucking found these powerhouse of founders. 
Curtis LeMay and Hap Arnold. Oh, wow. I don't know. Donald Douglas, though. Uh, well, he made McDonald Douglas, so like the F-15. Oh, yeah. Okay. McDonald Douglas uh, product. What else? There's a bunch of shit back in the day. And there you go. I wonder how it would be to... Yeah, I'm sure it's got to come from the top to get them to do anything, but I would be like, analyze the flying hours program, how much bullshit it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, don't worry, we have that already queued up. <laughs> yeah. We're, waiting. We're just waiting for somebody to request it. <laughs> yeah. You're going gonna to have to pay us $15 million just to... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to do it. Don't worry, we've already done all the legwork. That's funny. Um, but yeah, anyway, going back to the... 80 20 principle. So, yeah, so it's like 20% of the work yields 80% of the uh, um, uh, production or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you look at that in different ways and they, you know, they have shown it or something like, I don't know. They, I think they said, like in the in the book, it's the 80 20 principle by Richard Croc or something. I can forget his name, but um, I think it's K O C H. But he was Kyle. talking about. Like, yeah. Or cook. You know, he, anyways. There, there's a, he was like, there's a, you know, uh, he was chemo generic, I think. Like, there's an electronic company, like a big one, where they, you know, 80% of the profits came from 20% of the product. Or, you know, like one product was 20% of their products, and it yielded 80% of the profits. So, instead of, and then so, on the flip side of that, obviously, the fill out the 100%. The rest of the eighty percent of the products created only twenty percent of profit. You know, hmm. so it's better to like go like you know full in on or like maybe concentrate or focus on the stuff that gives you the most profit as opposed to trying to keep up and do those eighty percent of other products that only give you twenty percent total of profit. Yeah, <clears throat> you know? it's kind of like the would you rather be um a mile wide an inch deep or an inch uh or a mile deep an inch wide you know yeah and i think i mean that's kind of what general brown was talking about right like um i guess we never really talked about that one but the the lecture you sent me where he talked about what was it if like if out of a scale of 10 if you're like an eight or nine at something it's better to hone those and try to get them to like you know a nine or a ten then try to get your like four or fives to uh seven or eight like try yeah. to get other people to help you with those four or fives yeah right? kind of uh just do a little bit of um man, i feel like we're just saying uh, a lot today but um <laughs> uh do a little bit of what's the word um i'm blanking oh man my brain is fried right now i don't know why I <laughs> something's going on something's happening ah. um <laughs> but yeah just Dissi- uh, not disseminate, but um, yeah. I don't um, know why I can't think of the word. <laughs> I what feel is, so what is it about? It's just like you just delegate. There you go. Oh, delegate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Such an easy word. I was like, you know, you just delegate it to people. Oh, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, just delegate to people who are actually good at those things that you're not so good at. Right. And so uh, now that I look it up, it's, yeah, it's the 80-20 principle by... Richard K O C H, however you pronounce that, but um, I guess he as as to our point, he's you know there's the Pareto principle, which basically says, yeah, roughly eighty percent of oh wait, 
oh, this is roughly 80% of consequences come from 20% of the causes. Hmm. So it's like, I think it's kind of like a principle that you could obviously apply to like a lot of things. Like I heard somebody else talk about like 20% of the people do 80% of the work in an organization, you know? Yeah. Which I think is not too far-fetched for us to. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that's, man, I honestly think that's just about everywhere you go. Yeah, exactly. But so the thing I'm talking about is like the or the whole reason I brought all this up was I think I'm trying to do that more in real life. Like I don't know. Tell me this is shitty of me. Like so if my boss tells me to make a PowerPoint about something, instead of like fucking I mean, obviously I want to do a good job and I don't want to like embarrass myself or something, but instead of like you know, spending four days on it, getting every little like fucking font correct and you know, diagram like perfectly centered or whatever. <clears throat> I try to do it like all pretty good and then just send it away to see like, hey, how like how's this look? Or like at least get on the right vector. You yeah. know, as a So you and, can get the content correct, not necessarily yes, yes. the like you're trimming the fat, you know? Yeah. And I mean like maybe some words are not as concise as they could be or something like that. But like get it done in a day or like within the day or two rather than wait like a week or something, get like a perfect product, you know? Uh, yeah. Well, we can, and that's the thing too. People are always going to, whenever, whatever you create, people are always going to like critique. Like, oh, well you could have done this. I don't like, you should have used all caps or you should have used red, should have used green, blah, 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 blah. Well, did you get, okay. Thanks for the feedback, but did you get what I was talking about or not? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Yeah, speaking of Beaver, that was that'd be something he would do. But um, <laughs> yeah, and everybody like sidebar, everybody's got that with like powerpoints or briefings, right? It's like it's an art, so nobody like nobody knows. Like CFIC was perfect for that, right? They would fucking destroy us over the stupidest shit, you know? <laughs> I would destroy us, but just like, oh yeah, you should like when you're doing, you know, when you're talking about this slide, you should look over here because, you know, you want to open yourself up to the audience or something. It's like, okay, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did it matter? No. Yeah. But so that I'm just trying to apply that to like more things, you know? Um, yeah, I guess it's not exactly the same, but like fixing things around the house or something like that, like just trying to attack it as opposed to like being completely ready, you know, because, Kind of like what you were talking about, you always have the thing of it could like somebody's gonna fix something or it's gonna be something you didn't know you didn't know, mm-hmm. you know. So like if I start working on my car or something, as opposed to like watching a bunch of YouTube videos, make sure I'm like perfectly ready, and then yeah. when I open up the hood, I don't know, I don't know, I don't have the right tool for you know getting the uh, I don't know the um, what's the things above the spark plugs. Are you talking about the plug wires or? Yeah, like the wiring harness or something. You know, yeah. like I don't have that tool, so I can't even start anyway, right? Whereas yeah. if I just like kind of jumped in after watching like one YouTube video, I could have realized that I didn't have that and gone to the store or like looked at all the other stuff I didn't have, gone yeah. to the store, come back and did it, you know? Yeah. No, so yeah, I see what you're saying. Like it's too, it's a double sword too, because if you watch a million videos, you'll be like, okay, I know I'm going to need exactly this. And like for me, what always happens is like I'll know exactly what I need, and then you go to do it, and it's never as easy as the video shows, you know. <laughs> yeah. I so know. like, they're like, this project should only take you about forty-five minutes. 
three and a half hours later, okay, I think I almost have it now. <laughs> yeah, and in the videos, like you said, inevitably, or they always, and they always like skip over the exact part you need to like see in detail. <laughs> You know, yeah, don't worry, you'll see it when you get down there. <laughs> uh, or they like it's like I want to see a video of how to like I don't know change a tire or something, and they've got like the you know like industrial equipment to make it like super fast. Yeah, um, they like, got, they got the, Yeah, exactly. They're just like yeah, you just use your like you know twenty five ton lift, and <laughs> you know you're. <laughs> We'll even show you how to balance the wheels. You can do that while you're doing this. Uh, (laughs) What? I don't have wheel weights, let alone a fucking machine to run the balance. Yeah. I uh, shout out to Vet for helping me. um, I replaced my spark plugs this past weekend. You said who? Uh, Vet. I don't think you know him. He's in the. Uh, But he he was helping me out. um, And he, like, you know, he had all the tools and stuff that was, you know, priceless. But man, it was kind of it was it took like four hours and it was a little scary. But Ford wanted like three hundred dollars for it, so I was like, mm, no. Yeah. And it was it was like a good opportunity to like you know do it myself and because I I don't know I mean that's pr- obviously one of the most more sensitive parts of the engine. So doing that and like being able to overcome it and when I turned on my car it didn't like blow up you know. Yeah, that was a good feeling. So. Um. But yeah, um, the eighty twenty principle. Just trying to apply that to more things, and I mean, I guess it's not exactly like I said, like it's not exactly the eighty twenty principle, but that's kind of what I think of of like just attacking things or trying to do them as opposed to like waiting till you're like perfectly prepared, you know, or um, uh, I don't know, waiting for what's not going to happen, you know, like. Oh, I'll wait till I'm like in a better mood or something like that, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the Colin Powell thing where he says, you know, you can get a if you get an eighty percent solution, you're good enough. Like. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's all I had for that. What was the uh, Libra th- Libra thing? Oh, I was just, so we were talking about. So I went over to. Um, a friend's uh, a friend's house or a mutual friend's house, I guess, and she's all into uh, astrology. I don't know if necessarily. I feel, but okay, let's be honest. What girl nowadays, like like mid twenties uh, to early thirties, girl isn't into astrology? I feel like everyone's like, oh yeah, it's a sign, something blah blah blah. Well, anyways, so we go over like, okay, I need to know the exact time you were born. Which <laughs> I'm like, what? You're like, you know, it in the day and the exact time you're born. I'm like, all right, give it to him. And I'm, I was under the impression, you know, like every time I read somebody, somebody, you know, you go online, you read a horoscope, it could be for like it's just so general in my opinion that it it could apply to anybody. But I'm not gonna lie, this uh, this horoscope had me a little shook. Because I was like, this is pretty fucking accurate. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, like, because they were just talking about, you know, it even went into, like, into depth. Of, like, you you probably like this type of girl. You probably like this, this, this. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's true as fuck. <laughs> I was like, how did it know? Like, but there's no way. Like, think about it. If, it. if you share your birthday with anybody, 
like if it's a, let's say they're a male, that means they're gonna pretty much be the exact same as you. Everybody born. Yeah. Like, how is that possible? I don't believe. I don't buy that. Yeah, that's how that. I've thought about that too. Like, that's that's kind of hard to, yeah, buy. You know. Yeah, but it, I, I would say it's just, it's just kind of funny. They were saying like Libras, uh, like they have a tough time making decisions. They're people pleasers. They're very charming. Blah blah blah. I'm like. I do have some time to have a tough time making decisions, but like, <laughs> for me, though, like it's like I'm either like I need to be all in control, or I'm perfectly cool with like, hey man, I want to help make people happy, and like, you know what? Is everybody cool with this? If not, then let's figure something out because you don't want me just making all the rules because I'll make it the most not fun thing we ever do, and I'm gonna enjoy it, <laughs> and I'm gonna get it done, but y'all aren't gonna have a good time, so. Uh, and yeah, it was just kind of saying like that about, uh, like, I thought it was interesting how it actually was fairly accurate, but I, I'm still not fully bought into, um, horoscopes and astrology and all that stuff. But. So did this person know, like, could they have known, you said it was a mutual friend? Yeah. So they, they, had, like, they had, she had like some books and shit like that. And then you kind of like flip through, you read about, uh, you, you kind of, it's almost like. Um, it's like go to this page, this page, whatever, and then you read about this specific person, and it'll like it'll fucking lay it like lay down. You're this specific type of Libra. Ah, um, uh, so that's how they got, yeah. Yeah. Because I guess that's how they get around the whole, or not get around, but that's that's how you can explain the whole born on the same day thing is the time. I guess is it really that like is it that different? I suppose they say they say it's down to the second pretty or down to oh the my minute. gosh. Like they like I was like oh, well I was like the morning time like no I need another minute. I was like all right. <laughs> Eight thirty four it sounds like <laughs> I look it up all right like, then it went with it and I was like huh well I mean you're not wrong but I'm skeptical about how right you are. Right. Okay. <laughs> So it was interesting. I have to have them, somebody come on, uh, get them on the podcast, which we can talk offline about that stuff. But yeah, very interesting. That's interesting, and so is. I mean, it, it's the same thing. Like, I'm I'm guessing you don't put any credence behind. Um, like, if you're uh, like I'm a Pisces, I think my who am I most compatible with? I can't remember, but. Do, like that whole thing, you know? Yeah, I don't. I don't really buy that. But I mean, if you're in astrology, you might, you might, uh, you, you you might. I can. I guess I can see it. But at the same time, like, I I don't really buy it. But also, my thing is, I can kind of get along with just about anybody. Now, should I get along with anybody? Probably not. That's probably one of my biggest flaws. Again, we all know I love bad bitches. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just uh, there's some there's some that no matter how bad they are I just know that I should not I should I should not compromise on this one <laughs> uh, but there's other ones where I'm like hey <laughs> you know like I don't know that again that's another that's a topic for another another time a topic for another time but um. What about Kanye going for president, huh? Yeah. Didn't he? Am I, am I surprised? Post? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not, he's only on, like, some ballots, you know? I, I saw some, like, so for the Tennessee, I didn't vote Tennessee, but uh, for the Tennessee ballot, uh, he's on the ticket. Like, you can vote for him, which I'm like, <laughs> like, you're saying, like, fucking, 
Like, didn't you miss? Like, didn't this motherfucker miss like half the deadlines? <laughs> so how's he running for president right now? Shut the fuck up, man. I love your music, but man, I've been on a deep dive with Kanye the last month and a half too. Uh, I've kind of stepped out of it, but man, I was on a deep dive for a little while. The um, shit. What's that song you sent me? The victims or whatever thing. I can't. Uh, remember. I don't remember. Uh, it's the one about how. Like, he treats girls bad when he's young, but then he has a daughter. Yeah, I got to look it up. But, um, yeah. He, I thought it was... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That, I like, that, I, I like that, that, uh, that uh, font and, the, like, the, um, the artwork on it, you know? Oh, yeah. Dude, I was just in um, Wyoming... And I was I was trying to I was looking around and I couldn't see those mountains. I was looking because I mean those mountains could be anywhere to be honest with you, but uh, violent crimes is what it's called. Yeah, but I saw a bunch of mountains that looked just like it. <laughs> it was funny on Instagram. I just posted a picture. It was just like some random like ranch in Wyoming as I was driving on the road, and I was like, oh, the the Yeezus Ranch in Wyoming, and I, and I got like eighty fucking DMs like, oh my god, that's crazy. Then as you go up to him, like, no, motherfucker, it's not his real shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just probably, like, out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And it was, like, that was, like, three houses in one little compound. I don't know. But it was just kind of funny. Um, so you say you went to a wedding recently? What? I did. I don't know if you can. <sighs> so let's talk about destination. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm pretty much... So this is probably the only exception because I had a pretty good experience, um, which I mean, to be honest and to be completely fair, most destination weddings, if you go to them, they will be fun. Problem is, it's a destination wedding, so not everybody can go. And like, it'd be different if I, I could understand it if, you know, your, the, your partner is or your significant other is from California and you're from New Jersey, right? it's like that's pretty fucking hard to meet in the middle right like everybody's gonna have to go far no matter where you go it's either you're gonna like one family's got to go far or the other family's gonna have to go far so i get it um but destination weddings just make it kind of difficult um this one i went to was in montana for the most part everybody was from the midwest so um it was a long journey for for everybody um and i and my buddy's wedding was, he was like, I don't give a shit. I understand destination weddings, dumb. But this is this place is beautiful, and this is where I'm, it's my wedding, so this is where I want to do it at. I'm like, you know what? I can't fault you for that. Like that's that's sound logic. It's your day. Like, of course you want more people out there. But then also, he had a lot of people who showed up to it. You know, a lot of friends and family. No matter like his like his true friends. I'll just say the ones that didn't show up aren't his true friends because he was, I think he was the best man in one of my other buddies' wedding. And he didn't even show up, but he was also on his honeymoon. But um, it was just far. And it was kind of expensive to get out there because it was in the middle of Montana. But, man, um, it was, first of all, from where I drove, I had to go pick up my parents. So there was four hours. And all oh, by the way, I didn't sleep that well the night before. So drove four hours to get my parents. My dad, he drives out to about he makes it about halfway to Colorado and then I take over and I'm driving in the middle of the night like just absolutely dying it's 16 hours from Indianapolis to Colorado Fort Collins Colorado where my sister lives 
So then next day I drive another nine hours north to Montana. So they're like from straight from Indianapolis to Montana. It's like a 23 hour drive, Newcomb. But it's, oh, it was God awful. And I just remember like I, I was dying. I was seeing things. Uh, it was bad. But I will say um, for being a destination wedding, this is pretty cool. The thing I was also worried about was COVID. Get this. And this is part of the reason why it was not because of the distance, but uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go. There were, I think there was like about 40 people there. 10 people of the 40 had had COVID at some point in time. Oh, shit. And like four of them had had COVID within the last month. I'm like, bro, what are you guys doing here? And two of them were the wedding, was the bride and the groom. <laughs> but I was just like, so I just made sure I wore my mask the whole time. That's a whole other topic. But anyway, so I drive up to Montana in the middle of the night and I kind of I meet up and I was like the only person wearing a mask for the most of it, which I didn't care. Again, another that's another sort for another time. But uh, so we like I meet him at a bar. We kind of hung out, just caught up with a lot of people. And uh, so I wanted to do some camping. So I, I just stayed in the bed of my truck and I got a little one man tent and some sleep, like a nice little sleeping bag system. So I just oh, went to awesome. sleep. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. I 10 out of 10 would recommend um, doing that. It saves so much money. Like I definitely can see myself like going on a, like a, a road trip, like a two week road trip and just camping out in like the middle of nowhere and just, you know, yeah, it was cool. Um, just make sure you got to keep that thing on you just in case. Uh, I had a funny story out there <laughs> because of that. <laughs> the, the wind, like there's a cat that jumped on my tent and I thought somebody was trying to get in and the wind ripped my, the, the, cause I didn't have it secured correctly. It, it whipped, ripped off the, um, the, basically the layer that allows you to stop wind and uh, also stop rain from getting in the tent. And I thought I was going to shoot somebody cause I was like, ah, who's there? <laughs> but uh anyways so i i set all my tent up and all that stuff at night and then i woke up and i'll text you a picture of this um just so you can see it but i woke up and with it light being a light and we were at the base like of this mountain and man it was like one of the most beautiful things i ever seen in my life and just 360 degrees of some kind of mountains around you it was it was amazing um so like after seeing that and kind of seeing the backdrop, dude, I don't blame them at all for having the wedding where they did because it was it was pretty beautiful. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing. I so I picture. yeah were they, were they um it was just like in a random spot or was it just conveniently located kind of so it was. Sense? It wasn't some random spot. Like, so it was like they Airbnb'd um, okay. the, where it was at. But my buddy, he had um, he had been to this area before. And um, when he when he went out there, he, he kind of saw this specific area and was like, yeah, this is this is where where it needs. We need to be to have our wedding. <laughs> that's, where he, that's where he proposed that. And um that's awesome. Yeah, so I I thought, like I said, it was I thought it was a pretty good, pretty good little spot there. Um, so and it, like I said, it was in the middle of nowhere, Montana, but 
it, like there's enough like i camped out grilled out in the back of my truck so i could stay away from everybody and kind of just went on some hikes and yeah that's awesome yeah i really like that idea of just throwing a tent in your um your bed your truck bed yeah and just living right there that's awesome it was really nice so uh maybe we'll we'll have to put a photo on uh on the facebook page so we can see it for the so the listeners can get a little bit of visual um about what we're talking about i don't know if you if you saw the picture i sent to you on messenger but um yeah or do you you know do you have messenger on your phone yeah i do yeah but um yeah it's pretty pretty sick do they have anything cool that you like didn't see another i mean other than that like did you see something cool they had at the wedding that you like like a nice touch like i don't know they had like a <sighs> mac and cheese bar or something like that or... <laughs> no man they didn't have uh anything like that i will say so my buddy's a big star wars fan so if you ever remember the episode four of star wars uh the song that they played at the end ones after they blew up the death star and they were given like han luke and all those people and chewy the the medal of freedom or whatever the fuck that is <laughs> after, you, know, you know the song i'm talking about yeah uh after they, they said their i do's and they walked down the aisle they played that song and i was like that's actually kind of tight <laughs> like it fits really well with the wedding honestly uh you wouldn't even like it sounds like it's part it should be part of every wedding so i thought that was pretty pretty cool um besides that though no not really um it was it's all it was all it was meant to be pretty small. I think they saved some money because they were the pretty much the the wedding planners. Um, him, his wife, and then his mother-in-law. Uh, they planned everything out, which not to their detriment, but you know how normally people are like, okay, it's seven thirty-five, it's time to cut the cake. All right, seven thirty-eight, time to have your first dance. Okay, seven fifty, we're gonna have you know this, that, and the other. Well, they are kind of just like, oh shit, yeah, we we're supposed to do this. Oh yeah, I guess we'll do this now. Oh yeah, hey, here's what we're gonna do, make an announcement. But and I think they only forgot like two things, but like they forgot to like do sh- like a champagne toast. But it's all kind of semantics. Which to be honest, it flowed pretty smoothly. I mean, you don't need all the pomp and circumstance. It was super simple. They did the ceremony. It was fucking freezing because it's Montana or the Prairie Land in October. So anybody who's up there knows that. October is basically winter time. <laughs> um, and it was really windy uh, just because we were kind of in a valley between these mountains. But um, it was windy, but it was really beautiful. Like the like their pictures, their wedding pictures are going to be like shit that you you make stock photos out of because <laughs> they're like they're like like background behind this mountain. It looks like like uh, I, I, guarantee, I guarantee that these when when she sends out their wedding photos people are just going to be like oh my god this wedding looks like you paid like a million dollars for <laughs> because it's like it's be- it was beautiful scenery and i think they like i said they did uh they did it all kind of low budget but it was low budget high quality if that makes sense like so they they had um my buddy's stepdad uh he did the vows so they saved money on that. They had one of our buddies who went to high school shoot the pictures. Um, about the only thing extra they did, they did the Airbnb, they did the catering, and uh, he paid for a string quartet, which 
string string yeah, the string quartet kind of they didn't play at the wedding and then they only played inside of the little cabin where you picked up your food and once you got your food you went to another room so like they played for like 45 minutes and that was it so like they got the best fucking deal ever they got it was it was retarded but <laughs> uh, so I, I think they're a little pissed about that so but yeah i thought it was good i mean i know you're talking about wedding like because you yeah i know you're you're we're always kind of comparing uh weddings and like kind of hypothetically talking about what we would do at our weddings or if it's even if it's even worth it to have like some big uh production i don't know I don't know what were your thoughts on. Uh, it's retarded, man. You know, <laughs> it's like we always talk about where it's like we're people like society just follows along with like this prescribed script or you know like this script of you know kind of keeping up with the Joneses that type of thing. Where it's like, why do we have to do all these things? And I feel like, I mean, for us military, like moving around, we probably see more. Um, we see different things, you know, and you see like different weddings have, or, you know, in different regions, they do different traditions, uh, or like some things I haven't seen before. Like, uh, my brother-in-law, when he got married, he did the dollar dance. I, th- I think I've seen that. Maybe I have seen that before. I can't remember. Oh, you but, pay a dollar, you can dance with the bride or something like that. Yeah. Or the groom. And I mean, some people don't do it. Some people don't even know about it, you know, but it's just there's too many things <laughs> in a wedding to like get done, you know. I feel like the bride and groom are very they're it's like it's almost like a party for everybody else and the bride and groom are just like shuffling to like take pictures and cut the cake, right. take more pictures, do this, do that, you know, go dance and then you know, it's like they don't even get to enjoy or they have to go around talking to people, you know. And really what is a wedding like? Other than the ceremony, it's just a big party. So yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. like what your friends did. Like, let's just go to a random fucking place and just have fun, you know, hang out. Right. I think that's kind of, uh, and I get it. There's gonna there's gonna be more. Like the brides got their. It's, it's pretty much the bride show, but exactly. I, I think I think my uh, like my buddy, just because he's he's a, a planner. He like he's he was a quarterback in high school and college. Actually, a pretty damn good one. So he's. He's got that mental, like the mental capacity to like run the show. So he was like, "Yeah, They're like, are you worried about um, your wife being the bridezilla?" He's like, "Honestly, no. I'm probably gonna be the groomzilla." And he kind of was. <laughs> he was, but he he didn't do it like a bad way. He was just like, "All right, this needs to be here. This needs to be here. Don't do this. Do this. Do this." And he kind of ran the show. So I was like, he quarterbacked it literally. So it's very. He was very specific. Specific. He knew what he wanted to see, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. But, I mean, there are some things. I mean, like I was saying, we, we've seen a lot of different stuff. So that's good in the sense of what you like and don't like it. Like, and cool tips and tricks are, um, like, I know for the uh, for Space's wedding, he had pizza come at, like, 1130 or something like that, you know? Yeah. Where people were, like, probably getting, like, too, you know, drunk. But they needed, like, a pick-me-up kind of thing to survive. So, like, something greasy to do, you know. Uh, at another wedding, we saw somebody have a coffee bar, which is good, too, for, like, a pick-me-up. Or some people who don't drink one maybe might want, like, a coffee to keep them awake, you know. Right. So, just just stuff like that where we're trying to, trying to incorporate some stuff. But, obviously, keep it under – or, you know, 
make a you know a proper budget but it's i think it's like impossible if you want like an average wedding or something like that <laughs> i think most things to keep it under like 10 or 15k i think it's impossible dude somebody told me they they're spending like 35 grand on a wedding i was like oh my god that's crazy i don't have like i mean okay i have that kind of money but i don't have that kind of money <laughs> yeah exactly i'm not trying no i'm not no i'm not trying to not for that like i get it it's your big day but like maybe unless maybe if the uh if the parents or something is chipping in as i guess that's why it's good to have uh sons because the dot isn't the, the the father the bride pay for this shit yeah yeah so which that's what, <laughs> Isn't that kind of weird too? I mean, like, I understand it stems from, or the I understand this tradition it stems from, but isn't that odd? Like, if Madison's parents paid for most of the stuff and my parents didn't really pay for some, isn't that, I don't know. It just feels like it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't. Yeah, seem exactly fair. fair. <laughs> so, so that probably won't happen with ours, but uh, or our try not with the to. cost, you know. Yeah, I think we should just split it three ways, you know. Yeah. Uh, try to as much as we can. Between so. you and Madison, her parents, and your parents? Yeah. Like the three groups, essentially. But <clears throat> yeah. yeah, and everything's retardedly expensive. You know, I mean, the photographer could be like a couple grand, which makes sense in the sense. Well, I don't know if it exactly makes sense, but if, if they do like a four hour work day, I mean, that's not too much, but they are working hard. And some of them are like kind of wedding planners where they kind of coordinate stuff, but then they also go home and put in dozens of hours of uh, editing. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. But then like I tried to get mine in a church, and they're asking like two thousand for it or like twenty five hundred. Oh wait, it's wait, like, hold on. We do you have something to announce to the people? Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are we I gonna edit that one? Are we gonna edit that part out? <laughs> No, we uh, yeah, we got married. Oh, okay. Did I not talk about this? I don't think you did on the podcast. Oh yeah, Madison, I meant to do a podcast, but yeah, Madison, I got engaged and married in August. Wow! Congrats! Congrats! Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. But you haven't done the you haven't done like the wedding reception part or anything, have right? You? We just did these um, like we did a small thing with her family because she wanted um to do that, but. We just did, basically did it on paper to get the military stuff working. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm looking to separate in like four years. So we yeah. the GI Bill. Do you know about that? Like the timer with that? Yeah, I did. Like I I, I will say this. Like I knew you got married, but I didn't know if you had announced on the show yet. So I was just like, no. Oh. I, yeah, I guess I haven't. You're right. So uh, yeah, there you go, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been like a kind of whirlwind, you know. Uh, uh making it all happen and i don't know i think we've done an okay job of like i i definitely would have liked to have just been engaged in or i mean i don't know dated and just chilled or engaged and just chilled you know but i guess the military kind of makes you do things quicker but <laughs> yeah it's been good yeah <laughs> i just somebody said uh uh Somebody sent me this meme. <laughs> I'll send it your way as well. But uh, it's essentially <laughs> it's like when you meet somebody at Fort Campbell, we were, when you go on two dates with somebody, or come on, when you're on the second date from somebody you met at Fort Campbell <laughs> and it's got a wedding picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Uh, just it's funny how like I mean it's understandable how the military kind of not they don't make you, but you end up getting relationships like that. And not to say say you're gonna make it quicker, but um, you just you get in a relationship like that because it's more financially beneficial. Yeah, and it's especially if you're gonna like um, move soon. You want to have somebody as your dependent to, like, the, basically the Air Force doesn't, or I guess the military doesn't really recognize anybody unless they're married. Like, right. if you're if you just have a girlfriend or boyfriend, they don't they don't can you know they don't take that seriously or fiance I guess. <clears throat> um, yeah, and even like I think spouses clubs are you know probably most of them I would think of are like this where they accept girlfriends or you know long-term commitments but i i can see why they don't or why some don't like it's kind of a slippery slope i suppose or kind of weird but right um i mean pe- people still need that support you know i know somebody at one of my friends was telling me that somebody at sos was writing their like little paper or capstone thing on how military should recognize people as boyfriends or girlfriends because otherwise they lead to um people like breaking up more or like you know they like lead to more trauma or something like that um or maybe even like divorces too you know just the way the military is structured which i mean i guess they can't really change some of that but um i think it was mostly like recognizing the boyfriend and girlfriend thing but well, yeah and like because you move around so much you don't almost don't get a chance to make it um to be boyfriend, yeah, exactly. like, to make it be further, but maybe that's in the Air Force's advantage or the military, I should say, is advantage too. Because like I would just keep it moving around. If they don't have any stability, then they don't have to worry about paying extra money to depend on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like well, they're not happy to get out of the Air Force or get out of the military because they uh they they don't they they don't have anybody to love them. Like fuck it, we'll get some more young bloods in here in <laughs> their lives. Yeah, and that's the thing with the GI Bill is. For those of you that don't know, if you if you want to transfer, you have to um, be in for four additional years once you start the like one month of transfer or whatever. Um, so they're like kind of incentivizing you to be married earlier, which is kind of ridiculous, you know. Like somebody could do four years and get the GI benefits. I, I think it's four years, right? Or is it? six to get the full stuff i don't know but it's like it's you know four to at least to transfer it over and somebody else could be you know in for 15 years and then get married and they would have to do another four years you know so it's just it's kind of crazy yeah but i mean and who knows if anybody's even going to use that like if we have kids and the kid doesn't want to have or use the gi bill it's like what the fuck yeah what are you gonna oh that's (laughs) I just I stayed in the, the military an extra five years for your ass. You know you want to use it. You better go to college. You yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, or if they like go to the academy, it's free anyway. It's like yeah. Oh, fuck. fuck you, man. I don't want to go back to school. I'm too old. <laughs> you know you better use this shit. <laughs> but yeah, all you can do is uh, act with what you have, the info and stuff you have available now. But you know the future. You know there's it, it's so funny. I mean, even in our short lives, like 
all the things we thought were going to happen or whatever and how life has taken a turn, you know, or things didn't come to fruition, which always brings me to that thing I like to talk about where it's like when they followed like people for two years and track what they were worried about, like 92% of it never happened or wasn't even like applicable, you know? Yeah. So it's trying to keep that in mind, like a good perspective to not worry about stuff as often and live more in the moment, you know, which, uh, I always struggle with, but yeah. Uh, it's tough though. Yeah. And I was listening to a book about, um, shoot, what was it called? It was just talking about how, Oh no, it was something else. I can't remember, but it was just talking about how, I mean, everybody kind of knows it already, but detaching yourself from, um, like issues that come up, like I think, or I think it was called the obstacle is the way where it's just talking about, you know, obviously taking like the positive aspect of something just like, you know, everybody kind of knows, but you know, taking it to more of an extreme where it's like, this was going to happen. It happened, but just, you know, moving on and not dwelling in it, you know, which I always struggle with too, you know? So mm-hmm. all of a sudden this has become a motivation, mo- motivational podcast. <laughs> Simon Sinek, he's got you, dude. He's got you, <laughs> yeah, by, the, he's got got you by the balls, kid. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, some of his stuff was pretty good too of, um, yeah, he, he really does have me. I think about him all the time. But <laughs> he was talking about how, I guess, it, I, don't, I mean, it's kind of applicable to the military, I suppose. But just in, like, higher-up positions, you're not really, your job isn't, like, I guess the analogy would be, if you're, like, a wing commander, your job is not to go fight a war, right? It's to take care of the people that are fighting the war. Right. So he was kind of talking about that with, like, CEOs is like, you know, what's your main job? He's like, oh, to take care of the customer. It's like, you haven't taken care of a customer in fucking 20 years. You know, like, yeah. you don't even know who your customer is. I watched are. the same fucking video because, like, was it, like, did you come from ACC? Um, ACC? Yeah. Like, so, it was a Simon Sinek video, but it was like a, it was like a professional development thing that came out from, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's called Most Leaders Don't Even Know the Game They're In. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I think we we had basically mandatory watching that last week. It's <laughs> pretty good, but yeah, and it was just like, yeah, you're you don't know, you know. Oh, I take care of the customers. We well, know you don't take care of the customers. Your employees do, so you have to take care of them to take care of the customers, you know. And then everything will fall in line. So yeah. yeah. Uh, one last plug, and it's just throwing shade, but uh. Cause I know- <laughs> But uh, since we were talking about your your Lord and Savior Elon Musk, uh, did you see uh, they uh, they GM introduced uh, an all electric truck as well? I didn't see the truck. I knew they did the Hummer. Yes, the Hummer. It's uh, it's dope. It's expensive as fuck, but it's crushing the Cybertruck. Oh, is it really? Oh, dude, it's it fucking looks it looks great. Are you talk? Are you talking about the Hummer or is there a truck? Yeah, I'm talking. It was, I mean, the Hummer is a truck. I, okay. I, I can't. Yeah. Okay. I see. I see. I see images of it. Yeah, it looks badass. Yeah. That's the thing. So many people were talking about this, or sorry, not so many people, but somebody was talking about how all of the electric car company, or like in years past, 
nobody made one that looked good and now finally they are like they, yeah this gmc hummer looks fucking badass yeah the the but like you look at the cyber truck and like elon what the fuck are you doing like i get it so, it, looks, <laughs> it, looks, it looks like it's uh it, well we already talked about this i think we we're just rehacking this one but it looks like a 12 year old drew it and it's like we're just <laughs> threw some legos together or like they like you know the 12 year old um, you get like a fucking trapezoid blocks, like just the wooden box, and he just stuck some wheels on the side of it. And like, Daddy, look! And he's like, Brilliant. Uh, but <laughs> uh, well, that's, like, that's cool. I think the cyber truck it looks kind of like the fucking thing from Halo, but still, it's um, yeah, it, it, I think it's terrible, but whatever. That's pretty cool. I didn't realize they had the um, bed in the back. That's pretty cool. Oh, for the uh, yeah, yeah, it looks pretty cool. But yeah, that, I, I think we talked about it too. The Cybertruck just shows that any you know, what is it like? Somebody will buy anything, kind of thing. Right. Like most of the people won't like it, but then again, if he gets you know, I don't know, ten percent of people to buy it, that's like a bunch, you know, obviously. So. But yeah, it's, I mean, what do you think about the electric wave that's coming? Yeah, yeah. No, I think not. I think it's, it should. Like, I'm not too impressed with it right now. I think one day it will be necessary, but like, I think I I wouldn't do it until like we can come become more reliable with this shit. You know, um, yeah. nothing beats to me, in my opinion, nothing beats just having a fucking until you start like until you can drive in shits for like a thousand miles on a charge, then. I don't know, and so let's just start looking. Like those Teslas are fucking sick, though. I'm not gonna lie. Like the like the Model S, those things are sick. They're crazy fast. They're pretty luxurious, and they drive themselves and shit. Like that's pretty dope. But uh, there's just something about like, and I don't know. There's something about just having a gas engine, you know? Yeah. The interior of the Hummer looks really cool, but I think mostly what I like about Tesla is just the autopilot, like you were saying, and then. Uh, you know the minor convenience of being able to charge you know or like gas up essentially at home is kind of cool to me yeah but yeah yeah i think it's gonna be a while till it really kind of sticks i mean i'm seeing more and more teslas like more and more people are like kind of pulling the trigger but certainly it's not really um too prevalent yet it wouldn't be crazy that that moment when it changes that most cars are electric or you see the most of the cars you see are electric and then the gas ones are the outliers you know that's going to be a weird moment i think we got we got lots of time before that happens though so say that last part again sorry like the when the 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 does i guess it's a paradigm shift maybe or zeitgeist change where it's like the gas cars are the outliers instead of the yeah. electric cars being the outliers, you know, like the majority are going to be the electric ones. Yeah. That's, that's that, going to be crazy. Yeah. That will be weird. But like, I think it's just going to be like, people are going to get used to it and it's just going to take time to be normalized. I'm kind of mostly just for personal reasons, mm-hmm. not looking forward to that day only because there's just something visceral about driving or driving something with the gas motor. It's the smell, it's the feel, it's the sound. <laughs> uh, yeah it's just you know like you start up your car and you you hear if you got a like a nice sound system or not sound system but nice exhaust system you hear that rumble starts up you see the car shake and it's just like man there's some that's a badass car you know or a truck or whatever you but anyways 
Yeah, it's exciting to see, and maybe they'll uh, go head-to-head with, uh, like, their... I, th- I think Ford wanted to challenge them, or... Uh, I think Elon made a claim that the Cybertruck could pull, like, a Ford up a hill or something with it, like, trying to, you know, run away, essentially. Yeah, I I mean, I wouldn't doubt it, just because it's got that fucking torque, and if it's... I don't know, it depends on how heavy it is, you know? Some people, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it, but... Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I yeah. think we're about out of time. But. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of any agency of the U.S. government.